somebody. If you know God broke the chains in your life, why don't you just clap your hands? Come on, if you know God set you free, why don't you just jump up and down and give him glory? Come on, if you know God delivered you, why don't you open up your mouth and give him a shout of praise? Woo! My God. Woo! Come on, somebody clap your hands one more time. Come on, somebody clap your hands like you mean it. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. My God, it feels good on a youth service Friday night. Come on, somebody. Come on, aren't you glad to be at youth service? Come on, there's no place I'd rather be on a Friday night. This world is dark, but the church is brighter. Come on, somebody. I know the world is dark, but the church is brighter. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. I have the... Uh, I have the privilege and honor to introduce our our speaker tonight. She is uh, she's very well known throughout the church. She um, she I don't even know how to say this. She's my wife. She she helps the sign team. She's she's part of Heat. How many love Sister Christine? Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, y'all. God has been working on her and. She's been studying and studying, staying up till four in the morning and just practicing, not practicing, but, you know, she's been just studying the word. And how many know when, when you study, when you do everything you can, you get yourself out of the way, God's going to come through and God's going to speak. Come on, somebody, where, where, where y'all at? Come on, how many know if you just get your flesh out of the way, God's going to be able to speak to you? That's right. So let us stand. Let us stand real quick. Let us just stand. And if I can have everybody come to these two sections of pews, gentlemen, if y'all don't mind, thank you. And let's clap our hands and welcome Sister Christine Sferlaza as she comes to deliver the word of the Lord tonight. All right, y'all, keep clapping, but a clap for him now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we want you in this place today. Keep clapping. Lift up your voices to him, guys. Come on. We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed to love him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I, um, I really didn't want to do this, but I've had this heart, this song on my heart, like, for a week, and um, probably longer than that, and I just, I wanted to sing it real quick. I'm not going to sing the whole thing, because I really don't know the whole thing, but you guys know it, so sing along with me. <laughs> I need your glory, I want your glory. Less of me and more of you is what I need. No one can. <laughs> I need your glory. I want your glory. Less of me and more of you is what I need. Show me your glory. And show me your power, less of me and more of you is what I need. So 
So many times I've strayed away, rejecting your love and warm embrace. I realize I need you more and more each day. I need your glory. I want your glory. Less of me and more of you is what I need. Forgive me for being so off key, y'all. <laughs> I love him so much. But let's lift up our hands and pray to him right now. Jesus, I pray right now in your mighty name that you'll help us to open up our heart to hear you guys right now. He'll prepare our hearts, okay, guys? Just open up and receive him today, guys. We want to be hearers, oh God, and doers of your word, Jesus. Your mighty name, Jesus. Hallelujah, we pray. Thank you. I give honor to Jesus. I give honor to my pastor and first lady, to my husband, to all of my heat directors, to all of you guys that are standing up right now. You guys teach me so much, and I give honor to y'all because seriously, I learned from y'all. Um, if you guys can take out your Bibles and turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. I'm really not trying to beat you up here too long. Because uh, I don't want to, like, not get your attention, you know, how, like, there's, like, this study out there that says we can only have attention for, like, 10 minutes at a time, and then we have to switch it up. I don't know. I think that's false doctrine, but um, I, I'm praying that we can, uh, we can open up to hear the word of the Lord. So Isaiah chapter 28, verse 1. It's so funny because I came in today, and they said that the projector wasn't working. So if you don't have your Bibles, you know. It's just really, really funny that there's an error happening right now <laughs> with the projector. And so I don't think that's a coincidence. But that's okay. Verse 1. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower, which are on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. Skip down to verse 3. The crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim, so if you're a drunkard, it's because you have a crown of pride, shall be trodden under feet, and the glorious beauty, which is on the head of the fat valley, shall be a fading flower, and as the hasty fruit before the summer, which when he that looketh upon it seeth, while it is yet in his hand, he eateth it up. Let's go to verse 7. But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink, are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. You guys may be seated. Raise your hand a little bit more for him right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless of me right now, God. Let your word go forth today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we need your presence in this place, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name. Hey, 
y'all are going to preach with me, you know, don't feel afraid to just shout it out. Don't feel, no one's going to judge you guys for just being like, yeah, okay, you know. No one's going to judge you guys. All right. So I just wanted to kind of extract a little bit of what I read. Because sometimes when you're reading the Bible, what you're reading is not exactly what is being said. So not physically or literally, but there's a deeper meaning behind it. Y'all ever read your Bible and y'all understood that, right? Okay. So first one says, woe to the crown of pride to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower. So right there, I just wanted to stop and say that pride is likened, it's like connected to being a drunkard, to being drunk, okay? And not only is pride connected to being a drunkard, um, but there is a beauty to it too. There's something really beautiful about it. Maybe not like, whoa, like, you know, that's so, so precious, but it's more like you just are drawn to it. Y'all ever seen something so beautiful you didn't want to take your eyes off of it? Maybe like the sunset or something. There, when you're prideful and uh, you have the crown of pride, okay, now, y'all show me with your hands, where is a crown supposed to be put? Okay, awesome, yeah. Because a crown is normally on your head. I don't think that's a coincidence that a crown of pride is worn up here, right? Does that make sense? So if the crown of pride is worn up here and you're now wearing it, you're, you look like you're drunk, you act like you're drunk, and there's a beauty of it too, but the beauty is a fading flower. And it continues, which are on the head of the fat valleys, okay? Y'all know what fat means, okay? <laughs> but if I looked it up just so you guys are, uh, you know, just kind of getting with me in this word. The word fat means a large amount of excess flesh. Does that make sense? Fat means that there's a large amount of excess flesh, okay? And so a valley, everyone know where a valley is? Y'all see like mountains and stuff? The valley is right in between those two mountains, down at the very bottom. It's on the, it's on the floor. It's really low. So if you have a large amount of excess flesh or carnality, that's going to be that low place. And it's going to be really, really big. Okay? And so a pride, oh, sorry, the pride is known as a crown that you wear on your head. And there's a beauty tied into it. And guys, if I can just tell you that this verse right here is basically the whole reason why Satan got kicked out. This is satanic stuff 101. Okay, why did, why did the devil get kicked out? Do y'all know why he got kicked out of heaven? Pride, yes. He got kicked out because he saw the glory of God, the beauty reflect off of him. He was beautiful. He was the most beautiful angel ever out there, top of the line, okay. Everyone looked at him and thought that he was the most beautiful. He had influence. And then he saw that and was like, whoa, I'm all that in a bag of chips. Right, Sabri? That meme that you sent. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm all that in a bag of chips. And he had the crown of pride over his head. It wasn't a legit crown of pride, but he had it right here. And, and then he wore that crown of pride, and it started to fade because God saw that in him was iniquity, and he said, I'm going to be just like God. 
I don't need God to tell me what to do. I don't need God to, you know, tell me that, oh, this needs to be done this way and this needs to be done that way. I got this. Look at how much influence I have. I'm in charge of the music. I'm making some beautiful stuff. Everyone really loves me. And he was, and he was well liked because he got one third of the angels to fall with him, right? So it's Satanic 101. If you have a lot of pride and a lot of beauty, it's going to show up on your head. It's going to show up, right? I think your head may be connected to your mind, which is connected to your speech, which is connected to who you are. And you're going to start to, to let it get to your head. Have you ever met someone that's just kind of like really full of themselves? <laughs> Have you all met someone like that? Yeah, I know what I'm preaching here is tough because we've all been guilty of maybe being a little bit prideful. I've been prideful before. Sometimes I didn't want to admit to things because I did not want to admit that I was wrong. And so I had pride. I had that crown of pride. And man, if I get in an argument, I could wear that crown of pride and be like, uh-uh, no, 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 but this and that and this and that. And I will argue my way until I, my point is made, and that is pride. And I sound like a drunk when I do it <laughs> because you, try and, you can try and, like, talk to me and, and you can try and talk and reason with them. Have you ever tried to talk to a drunk person before? I'm sorry. If you've never had the opportunity, I don't recommend it. You won't go very far, okay? Just a quick testimony. John and I, uh, I think we had Isaac in the car, and we were driving down the road, and um, if y'all been to my house before, y'all know that I have some really interesting neighbors. And so uh, we come up to the house, pulling up like around close to midnight or whatever. 10.30. Okay, it was really late. I was tired. I, I felt mid like midnight to me. It was like 10.30 and we're pulling up to the house because they're going to drop me off and my husband was going to drop off Isaac later on. And what did we see on the floor right in front of our house is a man in a blue shirt, drunk, passed out in front of our house. It's not really something you want to come home to at 10.30. We don't know who this guy is. And he's in our ditch. Like, he's right in front of our driveway. And he's just sitting there. And the minute my husband tries to, like, he, I mean, he got on, you know, mode, right? He was like, stay in the car. <laughs> and then he came down, and he, <laughs> he's like, Isaac, be my backup. I, I couldn't do nothing. I was like, yes, sir. I'll sit back <laughs> and he got down there and he said, yo, bro, you okay? And I don't know because all I heard was from the window, you know, so my perspective was he was like, <laughs> he's like, yo, bro, where do you live? Where do you, and he's trying to help him and talk to him and he's just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's saying because anyway, at that point, I kind of saw a good little leeway to kind of go into my house. And I kind of like snuck behind the little curtain window and I just watched the whole scene from inside my house. And my husband's talking to him and whatever he's saying, the guy's kind of getting up. Y'all know how <laughs> you try and get up. Have you seen a drunk person try and get up and walk? They're like this, okay. The guy got up like this and then he just fell right back down. <laughs> and then my husband's like, okay, we need to call the ambulance because he's not going to leave. He's going to stay in this ditch. And when you're full of pride, you're going to be in a 
ditch. <laughs> when you're full of pride, you're going to be stumbling. You won't be able to get up. No matter how hard someone tries to help you, no matter how hard someone tries to reach down to that ditch and say, hey, come on, man, where are you at? Like, where do you live? I can help you. I can give you a ride. He couldn't barely tell us. He was like, and this was what was scary. He said, get, get Christian. I'm like, Christine, I don't know, no, not me. I don't, I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know who was the girl that he was calling for. But I'm telling you guys, that's what pride is likened to. You're drunk. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 7 says this. But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink. So we're not really talking about wine and strong drink here. We're talking about you taking some doses of yourself, your own emotion, your own perspective that no one can change, your own idea that nobody can even like get a word in edgewise. You're taking a lot of sips of that and your own ideologies. And what happens is it says that, but they also have erred through the wine, through strong drink, are out of the way. The priests, and the prophet have erred. So who are they talking about? He says, but they. He was talking in verse 1 about the drunkards of Ephraim. That's like everyone. So let's just say that that's, that's literally everyone. That's the people in the world. That's everyone. They're, they're drunk. They're full of pride. And then now he says, but they also. There's another group of people that are also erring in wine and strong drink. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness so that there is no place clean. Who is he talking about here? The priests and the prophets are the people in the church. They are the saints of God. And they're saying that there's error even among the saints of God. So... We've got to be careful. If you're going to be a future preacher, a future pastor, a prophet or a prophetess, if you're going to be working in the will of God, you better make sure you are sober. You are so sober that you've gotten yourself completely out of the way because you will err. You will stumble, and worst of all, you'll be at risk of the judgment. If you skip to verse 17, he says, God speaking, judgment also will I lay to the line, the righteousness to plummet, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. My God is a God of judgment, and he, and guys, if you are willing to do anything for God, if you want to make any move towards God and want to hear from God, you better make sure that you are not in your own mindset. God showed me how serious we need to take our appointments. Guys, there's so many. Y'all are the next generation. You are going to be the future preachers, the future evangelists, the future outreach directors, the future praise singers, the worship leaders, the intercessors. Some of you guys are already being used in that now. You guys are already doing that now. And he showed me how serious this is because if you're gloating and if you're doing it to show off and if you're doing it for any other motive except pleasing him, then there's some serious prayer and reflection we have to do in the spirit, okay? 
All right, so the word error, everyone say error. The shortened version of that is to err. Say error. Yeah, I think it's fun to say because it sounds like you're a pirate and that makes sense. Error, error, yeah, okay. So error is an act or a condition of ignorant, imprudent, imprudent meaning no thought for the future. So an ignorant, imprudent deviation from a code of behavior. And I'm getting somewhere with this, guys, so please bear with me. This is from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. It also says, sometimes when you're in error, it can be unintentional. Mistakes made by a deviation from truth or accuracy. So when we err, when we make a mistake, it can be because we are just ignorant. We just don't know any better sometimes. And there is a little, maybe there's little to no thought of the future, of the choice you're going to be making here. Let me just add this in. My husband and I were talking about this a little while ago. Um, and no one, not a lot of people tell you this. Maybe you have really cool people in your lives, maybe some parents, maybe some people that are watching over you, and they're telling you, like, do right now. Do your school now. Take school seriously now because in the future it will pay off. Some of you guys don't even realize that some of the decisions you're making right now is going to affect you so heavily as an adult. And I've seen it happen before in my eyes. I've seen the people struggle. You need to be taking this so seriously. You guys are like, I'm just young. I'm just a kid. No. <laughs> David was like, what, 13 when he killed Goliath? I don't know. But you guys are not too young to be understanding how serious the decisions you're making is. Okay. It happens... Error happens when we deviate or disconnect from truth. Guys, what is truth? Anybody? What is truth? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus says he's the way, the truth, the light. Yeah, this is truth right here. I have your Bibles. If you have a Bible, pick it up in the air real quick for me. Hold it up high. I like Ganielle's Bible. It's like my Bible, but it's a little bit more worn because <laughs> she uses it a lot. All right your Bible. If you don't have a Bible and you're holding up your phone, I don't be like ashamed. <laughs> like if you have the Bible app, way to go. Now go get yourself a Bible with your name and bound and embroidered in it. I don't even know. <laughs> so it's okay. This is truth. Front to cover. This is truth. Amen? Amen. Where are you at tonight? This is truth. Front to cover. We can't leave any part of this out. And so what ends up happening like what ended up, oh, like what, like what ended up happening over here before is that when we have error is because we have a small, tiny piece of information or a lot of information that's not accurate. Y'all ever been on your computer and you got an error message, 404, not found, authenticate, error message, file not found. Y'all got the error messages maybe on your iPhone. Sorry, that app is no longer downloaded. There's an error message on your storage. The storage is not. Okay, y'all ever had that before? Okay, why is that happening? Nine times out of ten, if you're getting an error message, it's because there's something wrong in the coding. There's a piece of letter or word or number or symbol that's an error. You try to go in, right, to your Instagram account, you type in your username, you type in your password, and it says, oh, error, authentication failed. Why? Because you probably type in your passcode wrong, okay? There's a misunderstanding in the code, and so you can't connect, okay? 
Does that make sense? There's a misunderstanding. There's a mistake. You may not have even made it on purpose. You, there's a mistake, and you have to go back and figure out where that mistake is. There's a blocked connection. Okay, so our code is the word of God. Our code is this. All his laws, his commandments, everything, that's our code from front to cover. And if we don't have the full code, somewhere along the way, we're going to get disconnected. The, the devil and your flesh, all of the enemies that are going against God, are going to try and attack where you have a missing part of your code. They're going to bring that up in front of you and you're just going to have to try and figure it out. Where is the code? Where is the mistake? Where did I go wrong? And if we're too full of ourselves, we won't be able to even see that we made a mistake. So, somewhere, we read wrong, we misunderstood the word of God, we drew conclusions wrong, maybe we didn't connect it. But again, this verse says, now again, right after everyone is drunk and in the spirit and, and, and they're full of themselves, they're drunk off of their own selves, their own thoughts. It says in verse number 9, whom shall he teach knowledge? Why is there knowledge thrown in here all of a sudden? It's because in order to get yourself out of the way, you need to know the word of God. You have to fill yourself up with knowledge. With his knowledge. Not your own knowledge. Not your friend's knowledge. Especially not your friend that's in the world who has never even read or looked at this. Not the knowledge of the people that are talking to you on Instagram or all those ideas and comments in the comment section. This is the knowledge we need to fill ourselves up with. Okay? Because it says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. We have to know this word and make it connect so good, so well, that our pride is not blocking us. It's not in the way. The problem is sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Okay? Um, and so the word doesn't leave us blind either. If you go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, I don't know if media can bring that up. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. Awesome. Okay, ye are of God, little children. Y'all are the little children. <laughs> Some of you guys are older children, but still little in eyes of God. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you. Can y'all say that with me? Greater is he that is in you. Say that. Okay. Then he that is in the world. Go on. They are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world. They have that knowledge. And the world heareth them. We are of God. Say, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. I thoroughly believe that that guy could not hear my husband because he was messing with the spirit that was not of him. So he couldn't even hear anything that you were saying because he was hearing his own drunkenness. Another God, not our God, right? He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Amen. Hereby... <laughs> Know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. If someone, if you are giving someone Bible, if you are telling someone this is what the word says and they are still, mm, I know, but they still don't take it, they don't hear it, they don't act upon it. Maybe they're just a hearer but they're not a doer. 
okay, they are in a spirit of error, okay. I almost think, I wish I had an example. I, w I almost think that the spirit of error, since it's worn on the head like a crown, I honestly think it comes with earmuffs. I think you put on the crown and it just like, it blocks your ears from hearing anything that has to come out of here or that has to come out of your leadership or that has to come out of pastor or someone that loves and cares about you that's full of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you're in error because of your own egotistical earmuffs. Okay. Isaiah 28. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to find myself. Isaiah 28 verse 8 says, all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness, and there is no place clean. So to whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? So who is God trying to teach? Who is he trying to give this word to? Them that are weaned from the milk. Hey guys, who's weaned from the milk? Babies. Yes, babies. And babies are at a stage of learning where they are going to take in anything that they know is good, right? They're going to reject. They're going to throw up on you. Blech, they don't like it, right? <laughs> but they are going to take in anything that you feed them. God is looking for babes in Christ who are humble enough, who are as babes, or as babies coming in to take that word, take that milk. He wants to give you more of it. Some of us are reading right now because we're on our social media fast. And he is giving you guys the word to read and you guys are just drinking it up. For precept must be upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. We recognize the spirit of error. We recognize it and we can defeat it if one, we get in the prayer room and we reflect on ourselves. Because if we're not reflecting on ourselves and we're not beholding our face in the mirror, then we're going to go back out of that prayer room and forget what kind of person we are. We have to understand who we are and what our flesh is capable of doing. Our flesh is capable of telling us the wrong thing. Okay? It's able to tell us and convince us that what we're feeling is justified. And what we're feeling is right. Okay? And I know I'm talking a hard word. Maybe that's why it's so quiet in here. Because it's, it's a hard thing. I'm talking to a spirit of pride. I'm talking to a spirit of beauty that won't bow down. I'm talking to a spirit that is, is just trying to close our earplugs, okay. I'm talking to the spirit of this age. Guys, y'all been on Instagram and see how people are just about themselves. So self-driven. That's a spirit of pride. We're Christians. We're nothing like that, okay. We're not about ourselves. We're about our Father. Okay. So how do we even know, how do we recognize it, what do we do once we recognize it? Guys, when you read and learn about him, you will not be in error. You have to, have to read, okay. As a Christian, it's vital to know who God is. We do our whole lives by listening to his voice. How many of you guys get confused sometimes when you're praying and you're not sure if that's the voice of God? I've, I've been, I was there literally today. You're not sure that was the voice of God just then. And so everyone that's not raising their hand, y'all know when you pray you're hearing the voice of God? Raise your hand if you're, not, if you're not sure sometimes when you pray if that's the voice of God. Guess how we can figure that out, y'all. Guess how we can figure out his voice. 
his character, the words that he uses. Guess how we can figure that out? Through his word, through reading. Y'all, if I said this real quick, if I, I'm going to just say something. Y'all going to tell me. Bro. Brother John, Judah. Cool, perfect. That's what I was going for. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because you recognize that voice, right? That's the word that he would be using. Okay, I'm going to say something else a little bit more. All right, if I say this, y'all tell me who am I talking about, okay? What was the, the words? Vatos locos forever, ese. Who am I talking about? Okay. <laughs> it's because you recognize his voice. You know what kind of words he's saying. You know what kind of emotion he has. His forever. <laughs> you know him, okay? And how are you going to get to know him? Yes, in prayer. But more often than not, guys, if you're confused in the prayer room, open this up. Because it's going to reveal to you the character, what he normally does. For example, my God will never ask me to sacrifice a baby. Okay? There's scripture for that. He will never ask you to mutilate your own bodies. There's other gods out there asking people, whip yourselves, cut yourselves. Those are false gods. And if you don't know the voice of God, you'll confuse those two. Trying to talk to you, trying to seduce you, trying to make you think, oh, no, 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 this is actually Jesus. This is Jesus talking. No, it's not. Go in your word. He has never said that. He's never acted like that before. Never. Don't get confused because the world is going to try and talk to you. There's so many voices. And it sounds so close, but isn't that satanic stuff 101? Where he takes the word, tries to throw it at you, and twist it, and it sounds so close. Get into your word. Precept must be upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. Okay, and I'm pretty much done. The uh, musicians, thank you, can come. Okay, I'm just going to bring up one last example. If y'all can stand up, come up here to the altars. There is one thing that I read, y'all, this social media fast has been so good to me. I've been reading a lot, and it feels so good. <laughs> I feel full, you know. And, um, and if you read in Ezekiel chapter 20, it says, And it came to pass in the seventh year, in the fifth month, and if you go all the way down to verse 7, this is, this is a really funny scripture because as I was reading it, I was getting to learn more about God. So sometimes when you read about God, you don't know how to piece it all together, right? And so in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 7, it says, Then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abominations. This is the Lord talking. He said, the Lord said, cast all away all your abominations, all your pride, all the things you were worshiping in the world, your TV, all of the clothes you used to wear, whatever. Cast away all of those abominations. And then in verse 8, it says, but the, they rebelled against me. The children rebelled. Okay. Oh, man. Then in verse 9, he says, but I wrought. That word wrought means that he worked. He worked really hard. He worked, he wrought for his name's sake, okay. So what did he do? He was working the whole time. He said, guys, do this, do this, follow me. And they were like, mm, I can't let go of that. And they rebelled. And God's like, okay, I'm angry, but I'm going to work 
to reveal myself for my name's sake. Anytime you see that, my name's sake, why is God trying to make his name known? It's because there's so many other false gods out there trying to pretend to be him. And so you need to know him. And for his name's sake, he worked for it. So you guys could know. Verse 10 says, wherefore I caused them to go forth out of Egypt. This is when he called everyone to come forth out of Egypt. Y'all know that Bible story where he said Moses lead the people out of Egypt. Did you guys know that he led the people out of Egypt because he was mad at them and he wanted to punish them. But he wanted to punish them in private. He did. He wanted to show forth judgment on them because he, they were rebelling. They were in Egypt and they were doing the things of false gods and they were turning their backs towards God. And they, he took them out of Egypt and he brought him into the wilderness. And it says, I wrought for my namesake in verse 9 that it should not be polluted before the heathen. He did not want to punish his people in front of heathens among whom they were and whose sight I made myself known unto them. And bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt. He brought you guys out of Egypt into a place of isolation so that he can deal with you one-on-one -on -one without anyone else looking. So right there, I learned something about my God. He will work extra hard to bring you to a place of, of isolation where no one else is, where no one else can see you. And he will deal with you directly. But if you don't find that place... Oh, man, <laughs> if you don't find that place, guess what he's still going to do? Verse, uh, verse 12, he says, I'm going to give him my Sabbath so that they know I'm the Lord. And verse 13, it says they rebelled again. But in verse 14, it says he wrought again. He worked again for his namesake. And then in 15, he lifted his hand. In 17, he spared them. And he 18, he warned them. Verse 19, he said, walk with me. And then in verse 20, he said, I'm going to give them more signs so that they know I'm the Lord. And then in verse 21, they rebelled again. And then he lifted up his hand. He withdrew his hand. He explains why he punished them. In verse 25, he gave them some more direction. And in 26, they rebelled again. And he just kept working and kept working on them in that place. And he just kept, he didn't stop. Even though they messed up so many times. How many times has God got to get you to that place where you can realize that I'm making a mistake. And I'm going to finally turn and, and talk to him. Jesus. Let's lift up our hands and praise him. Let's lift up our hand and pray to him. God, help me to find that place of prayer, God. Where I can lay myself down. I know it's hard to see myself for what I really am, God. But I know that you know me better, God. You know our frame, God, that we are just dust, oh God. You know us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Let your, let your glory be in us and on us, oh God. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus.